magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with some very special guests on the WIBC hotline. Our friends over at the Murder Sheet podcast, Anya and Kevin, to be honest with you, they have done the very best work in covering the horrific Delphi murders of a number of years ago where Abby and Libby lost their lives. The suspect, Richard Allen, in custody. All the dominoes are getting placed right now, Anya, where the trial will begin. What is the absolute latest in regards to Richard Allen, the guy that is charged with these heinous murders? The absolute latest is that it's going to go off in January. I believe it starts January 8th and is projected to last about three weeks into January 26th. And that's where we are right now. Okay, so Kevin, let me go over to you with your legal background here, your background of being uh, involved in the law and being an attorney. What have we heard from Richard Allen's defense over the last couple of days? Uh, just yesterday, they filed a couple of interesting motions. One was a motion asking not just for the trial, but for all pre-trial hearings to be televised. They say they do this because they want uh, they want there to be transparency in the process, and because they recognize there's a lot of interest in this process, and they feel it could help people learn more about how the judicial process actually works. And Kevin, do you agree with that assessment, or do you think there's something more to the defense requesting that everything be televised? Uh, I tend to agree with it because I certainly know there's been a very high level of interest in every scrap of detail about this case. And anytime uh, Ani and I have covered one of these pretrial hearings, we get deluged with emails thanking us for going into so much detail and saying, people think, I didn't understand that this was how the process worked. Do you honestly feel like the defense of Richard Allen feels like they've got a chance to get him off? Or are they trying to do this in hopes of a mistrial, in hopes of some sort of lighter sentence? What's your gut telling you? Certainly, every indication they've given so far is that they believe he is factually innocent. And they are fighting hard and doing everything they can to get him uh, acquitted, ultimately. Now, Anya, we also heard that the defense wants the search warrant evidence thrown out. Take us through why that's something of note. Yes, this is another suppression hearing, and this is interesting because at the last hearing we went to on June 15th, which is also the last hearing that occurred in this case, there was talk about a Franks v. Delaware motion from the defense, and that's a situation where you're having the defense accuse law enforcement of either lying or omitting something, and so this latest filing is still very vague about what exactly that could be, but it expands upon it a little bit. 
where they're asking for evidence to be suppressed from the search warrant owing to that there being um, inaccuracies or rather falsehoods in that. And they're not saying what those falsehoods are. It's very, very vague. So Kevin and I are in a position where we're like, well, I mean, let's see what they have to say, but we're, we're not going to necessarily jump to conclusions here. But it would be um, a huge strategic win for the defense if they were able to suppress the gun, which was found in mm. Richard Allen's house, you know. Well, that was that was my next question is is the prosecution like what's the number one, for lack of a better term, smoking gun that the that the prosecution has? Is it the casing that was found at the bodies that was traced back to Richard Allen's house and the gun that he owned? Is I mean, is that do you think, in your opinion, maybe the number one piece of evidence that they are counting on here? I believe it is because that casing, if you trust the analysis of it, is the only piece of physical evidence that places Richard Allen at the murder scene. And if you get that thrown out or if you get experts to come in and say the analysis shouldn't be trusted, then that gives a huge uh, win for the defense. Yeah, and I'll add that, you know, in these pretrial motions, a case can be won or lost because mm. the defense is going to be trying to get everything they can thrown out. And the prosecution is going to be trying to keep everything they can in. So you're seeing this struggle. And the defense, you know, as Kevin said, has multiple avenues to attack the the ballistics evidence here uh you know even if they even if it stays in they can have experts say well it's not that reliable and whatnot but um it would be a massive coup if the defense got that tossed out although i will say that especially in indiana search warrants are typically you know kind of thought to be valid and and there's you know a pretty high threshold you need to clear to get something tossed out I feel like another avenue the defense of Richard Allen is going down is his state of uh, mental health. Has there been any more reporting on, I mean, because he's, didn't he essentially on the phone confess to the killings to his wife at one point? And, and then the response from his defense team was like, yeah, no, he's, he's not mentally well. Is that still a... Is that still an avenue they're going to go try to go down here with him? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's such a mysterious moment in this case. Yes. We're hearing from the prosecution that he is confessing like five to six times to his wife and mother. So not exactly like a detective haranguing him, like people who are supporting him yeah. on the phone and it's recorded. Now, the defense is characterizing it as incoherent and just kind of vague and, and not, not a very good confession. Um, and and what the, like the last time we really heard about his mental health, it's essentially that mental health professionals from Westville, where he's incarcerated, checked him over and basically had a conversation with him. And they basically decided together that he did not need to be forcibly medicated. And, and so that's sort of where we leave off. So we've not heard of any sort of other incidents. Prior to that, there was talk about him eating paper, eating, you know, papers that he was supposed to be reading, um, you know, being kind of incoherent. Uh, his defense attorneys described him as delusional or rather psychotic. And, and so that's sort of where we step off, where you have these mental health professionals saying, we don't feel like forcible medication is necessary at this time but it was definitely a very dramatic moment and one i think is going to have to be revisited by both the defense and the prosecution we're speaking with anya and kevin they are part of the murder sheet podcast they've been doing a great job covering the delphi murders and richard allen the suspect that has been charged with those murders in the upcoming trial 
So let's go back to the cameras in the courtroom here for just a moment. If the judge allows this, and it sounds like the judge historically has been in favor of cameras in the courtroom, is there a threat or a fear, I should say, that as big as this trial is going to be, as much interest as this is going to have, specifically in Indiana and maybe across the country, that this thing could kind of turn into a circus? Yes. And and I think there may even be some feeling among people close to this case that it already is a circus. Wow. And it's, is it going to become a, a, you know, a three ring circus instead of just one? And it's very much, um, I think, a valid fear. I will say that the under Indiana rules, the judge would have a lot of discretion about, you know, when to allow cameras. Are there no cameras allowed at certain things? But maybe for others, it's OK. So she would be able to kind of. Um, have some control over that to a certain extent. There's also currently a situation where in order to really view what's going on, you have to be in the courthouse. And so there might be a feeling that maybe hopefully this encourages some people to stay home. If there's a pool system set up where the media is essentially sharing a camera and everyone's getting the same footage, maybe that reduces the number of reporters there. So I could see where it kind of maybe tamps down or allows you to kind of control the chaos. But I can also see it um, turn into a debacle where you have other high-profile trials where, you know, everybody on TikTok is analyzing yeah. people's facial expressions, and it just becomes, frankly, very stupid very quickly. And, and I'm sorry if you've touched on this already. Has the prosecution made any comment about the request for cameras to be in the courtroom? Prosecution has not made any comments, so okay. it's, it's, we don't know if they'd be against it or for it. Uh, they've given no indication either way. And one thing with this case is that, you know, in, in, traditionally defense attorneys would probably be more likely to be against having cameras because there could be prejudicial issues. We, we're seeing that in the Idaho case with Brian Koberger. His defense attorneys want to kick all the cameras out because they're like, you're making him look really creepy. So, um, But there's different strategic benefits or, you know, problems that arise with cameras. But so far, we've not heard from Nick McClellan's office about whether they care or whether they don't want it or whether they agree that they wanted to. Anya and Kevin with the Murder Sheet podcast. If somebody wants more information or they want to follow your work on this specific case or others, where can they go? If you like to, uh, you know, subscribe to us, just search The Murder Sheet, that's S-H-E-E-T, on any podcast platform that you enjoy, and subscribe. And we label all of our Delphi episodes uh, with the Delphi murders ahead of time, so you can follow along with the case. Anya, Kevin, great work. Keep doing what you're doing, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Thank you so much.